On today's Daily Charge Supercharged Edition, is the lack of 5G a sale killer for the Pixel 4? What about that price point compared to other contemporary competitors? What more can the Pixel 4 radar offer as features besides just gesture control? And can the Pixelbook Go give iPad a run for its money in schools? Can we just make this show nothing but trying to come up with snappy headlines? Because that's way more fun mm, than talking that's about That's a whole 5G. other show. That should be a section. We should start a channel for that, Brian. We should. Yeah. It's like an improv game. Let's Requiem. do it. Yes. Requiem for a daydream just about put me on my ass here today. <laughs> By the way, that was a Dan Ackerman. It we give was. him credit for that. Uh, and I love great. it. Well and done. it came out. Well it'll, done, pro- it'll be a headliner piece. So if someone else wants to write that story at the same time, we'll just know that we're going to have the same headline. But Forewarning everybody, this show's going to a dark place. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. It's not going to end like that movie, but hopefully. I don't really hope it can in any possible way, Scott. Let's okay. Just, let's not talk. I don't yeah, want to talk, talk about that questions. movie anymore. Yeah. Let's 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 talk questions. We're getting to questions. Okay. Right. Uh, did anyone notice during the video presentation for Google that one of their engineers is named Eric McIntosh? No. I don't think I noticed. I that. didn't. I don't think that. I must that have been too busy tweeting. Yeah. Shout out to eagle-eyed Timothy Dew. As well, always. well That's done. Pretty excellent. Well done. Interesting. Okay. Uh, now is there an Apple to... engineer named PC? <laughs> <laughs> Do you think they call him Tim Apple for sure? It didn't even work as a joke. Or Android, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. It was like mixing metaphors. Anyway. No, let's go down to a real uh, deep, dark path. Uh, Is there a a Mac engineer named Hewlett Packard? That works a little bit better, right? There you go. I'm stretching. We're getting there. We're getting. By the way, Eric Eric McIntosh is the director of engineering. That that doesn't tell me much, but just director of engineering. They must have 50,000 directors of engineering, but that's what he does. I I don't even know what he talks about. Is his nickname Mac? Eric Apple. It's got Power Mac. Eric Mac? Mac. We have an Eric Mac. We do. <laughs> we do. <laughs> well, either way, uh, Eric McIntosh, we're very proud of you. Congratulations on all your success. Uh, for consumers, did anyone really complain about the speed of 4G slash LTE? It's the cellular coverage that is more important than the speed itself. How do you guys feel about that? Yeah. I think that's a good point. I feel that way every day on New Jersey Transit where... Uh, I can't get a signal. I couldn't get it on AT&T and I can't get it on Verizon now that I've switched to Verizon. So here's the 5G promise is that 4G is going to become faster and more robust alongside 5G. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and that's just because of all the work that's being done on the towers. Yes, it's, it's and also, high time. Exactly, the, the ra- idea, raising all boats, raising all ships. The idea is also like some of that traffic gets moved onto 5G, which frees up some capacity on 4G. Right, exactly. So, you know, they are tied great. together as 5G expands, as those networks expand. And and to be honest, um, there's a point uh, that the experts say, like the real experts, the networking experts, where you won't really be able to tell the difference between 4G and 5G mm. Um in real life, there's an academic threshold yep. um, that would be very technical. But in real life, the whole idea is everything gets a little bit better. Hmm. But yeah, dead zones suck. Yes. And that's it. I mean, I, was, I, I was thinking that exact same thing riding in on the Long Island Railroad today. Like my my track basically has dead zones throughout the entire thing. Oh, yeah. So I can't stream anything. That sounds a lot like my commute. Yeah. So as much as like, and I have uh, both Verizon and T-Mobile, they're both terrible. Like, I think it's a general, it's like a universal problem. It's actually just you. They're targeting you. Could be. <laughs> I'd like to ride with a network engineer and show them, but they already know that. I would, they would just no, be they like, know. that's they the thing. They like, know. I've I had know. discussions like, yes, with we know T-Mobile engineers about that, and they, yeah. like, acknowledge there are these issues like, here and there. There's well, always, like, the blanket, yeah, we're constantly working on it, but, you know. I'm like, but I want to stream everything on my train, and I start complaining, and I sound like, <laughs> you sound like spoiled. The, I'm, like, right. publishing stories. <laughs> I just want to check messages as well. Like, I would love to, yeah, I would love to just yes, get, like, or be on Slack. Email. Slack actually doesn't work so well if you don't have a decent connection. Uh, yeah. 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 That's all of that does not work. 
Yeah, yeah, now that we've got everything and its brother out there that needs to be online always. Even what about apps and games? Like, all I want to do is burn time and not pay attention to the smelly guy next to me on the train, and I can't even do that. Because every app needs to be online all the time. I hate that. I hate that so much right now. Although Apple Arcade, aren't those games supposed Apple to be Arcade's offline? Apple Arcade's offline. There are some offline games. Yeah, Nintendo's games aren't offline. I have a Galaxy, so... Oh, They're yeah. offline games Wait, on don't you have a Android? Switch? I do have a Switch. I'm just complaining because that's what I do. Okay. And Alfred's not here. Fine. Mm-hmm. I would just recommend play your some Switch offline games and be for happy. You. <laughs> okay. Oh, by the way, how's everybody doing in Horrible Goose Game? I'm really killing it. I haven't, uh, I can't I haven't get played past... it yet. I uh... I'm terrible. I so I can't get past the first level. What is wrong with me? I feel like I do, have not understood the game. <laughs> I am so stumped. I think the point of the game is not to try to like accomplish goals. I really am just trying to move stuff to the picnic blanket, and I just feel like he just keeps moving stuff back, and I'm like, oh, fine. And I, then I left. I was like, I will experience it again I like that someday. I, I made an off-the-cuff uh, joke, and everybody was like, oh, yeah, I am also playing that. Like, everybody in the world is playing Goose Game right now. Not you know. me. You're not? I thought I'm, you just said you were. No, I'm not. Oh, I was playing a lot of Link's Scott Awakening, is. and I, just, I finished Link's Awakening, and I feel... And you're struggling with Goose Game? I don't know. It's, I feel it's again. I feel like I, I need to just understand, let myself into the game mentally. <laughs> yeah, I've just I've, ta- I've talked enough with enough people who've played the game now that I feel like I know enough to play it, but and talk about it. Yeah, but I actually haven't touched it at all. My kids are the geese. I feel like I'm already in that game. <laughs> That's wait, what? I mean, like because if you're the are, geese in the game and then your kids are the geese, that's a really weird metaphor. That's parenthood. That's Scott. Yeah, that's, the kids, true. the kids move stuff around. You get upset. Wah, 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 wah. Oh, so they like, don't listen the, to what you're saying. You're the NPC in the game. I'm the, I'm the farmer guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you're yeah. Not the Where case. are my keys? Why did this thing get dragged over here? Blah blah blah. And they're like, ah, and they do. <laughs> that's basically. Your kids you, are just you, constantly throwing your hat in the in the lake. Yes. yes. Is that does that happen at some point? Yes. I haven't even gotten. Is to that it. what your kids do? Spoilers. I did drag various <laughs> things into the lake. I just basically gave up on the meaning of anything and just started dragging things around. Wow. I think this game has broken Scott. I think it, has. it came at a rough time with the breaking of my of my personality. It's okay. Myself. It's okay. I can honestly Sorry. picture Scott's kids running around the house with like crayons on the wall, just going honk honk. I really represent them as monsters in this, but uh, I'm sure they're wonderful. They're much nicer than geese. <laughs> they're so. I would rather have you kids than geese. It's true. I love you. A goose bit my that finger is... once when I was a kid. Oh, see, that's rough. Oh yeah, my kids don't bite me at all. <laughs> This guy, this took a yeah, weird I can't, turn. I actually can't say that about my kids. Um, really? Oh, no, 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 no. Well, you're in a different, yeah, that's a different. All right, we're in, we're in a weird spot. Let's we've, really, we've really gone way off. I'm happy to talk course. about motion sense, though. Yes. <laughs> and radar. So we'll talk about radar <laughs> Let's stuff. Get some if you more want to talk about the Pixel 4, Goose radar. not geese, then please. Goose ask. children. Yeah, we could talk solely. Well, I've that's got a radar. perfect segue for Jess. Caleb wants to know, what is radar going to be for besides those hand gestures? Right, because actually, and I think this is a common misconception, uh, the radar is not actually at all for doing the work of unlocking your phone. Right. So there's a shortcut. Basically, it will sense your presence. It will sense you reaching for the phone and then prepare the phone for you to unlock it. So it wakes it up so that you can then either lean over or pick it up and do the unlocking. Um, they didn't talk about their unlocking technology at all, but it's actually much more similar 
to the iPhone, it does use yeah. a dot projector. Yeah, dot okay. projector okay. And, and, and using that system. To create a depth map. Yeah, Soli um, is interesting. I talked with the ATAP team, which made Soli. And, and, and then I'll actually get back to the yeah, question. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. No, no, I, I want to hear this. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and seeing Soli demos going way back um, and what that group wanted. That same group, in terms of the tech of it, also worked on Jacquard, which is the smart jacket technology. It's, it's, it's basically creating fabric touch sensors. The reason I'm saying that is because that group was trying to come up with a similar idea for ambient uh, gestures and mm. interaction. Um, the same people working on it. But the idea is that Jacquard was in trying to find ways to have surfaces do simple gestures. And solely was the idea of doing it with radar, um, understanding air gestures. And the technology is advanced enough that or- original demos were showing it on watches and speakers to do things like turning a virtual dial, maybe mm-hmm. car dashboards. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of gestures you could do, but then the limit is like, how do you know you're triggering the wrong one? Right. You don't get any, you don't get vibrating feedback because yeah, it's in the there's air. The there's the LGG8 yeah. thing. We were talking about that yesterday. But yeah, that has that the like stupid trick. claw. It was the most awkward thing. And we actually, I gave you a shout out yesterday because of that, because like we were in the demo for the G8. Scott figured it out because he's kind of like a magician. Not kind of. He's no, a magician. He's actually yeah, because sleight of hand skills. It's like yeah. learning a sleight of hand, hand skills. Whereas I was like Very struggling specific. like an idiot, like, okay, like moving my hand. Nothing was working. And it was so just an awkward thing. I think that's why Google's not doing that. They've got a very limited yeah. sort of like gesture so vocabulary, like vocabulary right. if you want to call it that, which they actually call it. Um, and part of that, I think, is because they need to make sure that it is actually going to work because mm-hmm. they've watched to see what the other kinds of motion yeah. controls do. And they're bad. But one of the reasons that the other motion controls are so clunky is because they're using the camera sensor. Yeah. Yeah. So this yeah. is using radar, which has um, a different range of field. And it's like... It responds differently because it is sensing you in a different way, not just looking at you. So but Google wants to make sure that it gets the basics down. Yeah. So, so, look, so you've, you guys have, yeah. have you guys tried this yet? Or yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it faster? Is it better than what we saw with the G8? Certain yes. things are better. Okay. For example, um, so this is actually answering the question, and I have a list here. So um, the one that they did that is sort of like the most immediately understandable is swiping your hand in a direction, but quite decisively yeah. to advance tracks. Um, right now it doesn't seem like it's connected to the gallery, but we've seen gestures for the photo gallery as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess like if you're driving, it makes sense to do a motion control. I never know why I want to use my hand yeah. you know, to advance pictures in a gallery. Um, that seems gimmicky. Um, they used a YouTube music app. You can also swipe to dismiss an an incoming phone call, an alarm, or a timer, which I think actually is very useful. And you can imagine that extending beyond a phone also into, um, like, you know, the Nest home nest mini stuff or his watch or Or the watch right but you can see that imagine you're in the kitchen and the alarm goes off you can say stop or what if you just did like ah right right Right. i don't know or Um, doing or doing that combined with um with google assistant which is something that the atap team was saying that um that sort of stuff coming up with a gesture plus a voice command is kind of the next level for where google assistant wants to go as a platform and they're just beginning to explore that in like say a, a, a jacquard with like a a gesture thing they haven't really knitted it together but uh-huh. Yeah, there's yeah, but there's, <laughs> but but that but that group that's doing that is exactly it's about like not losing people in the um and they were saying like the possibilities are are greater, but it's the question is how much do they really unhinge it, um not unhinge it uh, unleash it, even Jacquard stuff is starting to get to assigning gestures to do things you can assign on the Jacquard jacket three three different types of uh, three types of gestures but with any sort of action but you can assign gestures on the on the uh, Pixel Four. So my favorite. Yes 
that I think is actually the most useful for the Pixel 4. Um, it, it kind of goes along the same lines of you reaching for your phone and understanding that you're reaching. Mm. When the noise goes off, like an alarm or a timer, and you reach for the phone, it senses the motion and it senses your presence and it actually dials down the sound. So you can dismiss to yeah. uh, to make it go away or you can just reach for it and we'll get a little quieter. Okay. So then you, you would reach and then dismiss. Right. But it's not bugging you as much in the meantime. Right, right. So you don't get as angry. And it's cool that it anticipates. So th- those are sort of the big ones. You can turn them all individually off. And of course, the last one is, of course, it senses your presence when you come to the phone so it wakes up. Um, and it senses your presence when you leave so it can conserve battery by, you know, turning the screen off when you move away. Right. It's not fully powering down your phone or powering but it can back it, on. But I mean, you can't determine whether or not it's you versus someone else. Correct. Randomly. It's no. looking yeah. for blobs. It's not looking for okay. people. Right. And okay. it's not using a depth projection um sensor at all mm-hmm. right no. this is just but it radar. can it can gotcha. eventually recognize objects and, and like you said but it's a more like it's it's a it's a cruder map than like a than what and that's by design for privacy right. as well right. yeah. and everything is stored on device all that data it's not going up to google servers so i think right now they're being very cautious yeah. about introducing it and you know if they're smart they want to do things that are actually truly going to be useful for people I think it's super interesting as a replacement for the sort of stuff that right now we're seeing a lot of gestures on camera-based systems mm-hmm. and uh, across the board. And that introduces, oh, you have a camera. What about privacy? But something like Soli, you can incorporate and not have to have a camera. Yeah. And so that's a go- that goes to like where you could have in a Nest, you could have in a smart home. So you don't have to say, oh, great. Now I have cameras studied everywhere. What am I going to do? Theoretically, Soli could start I can to imagine build. for security as yeah. well. You know, you've so got it's very the intriguing. eyes plus mm. – it's unclear right how on. that plays out in a home and what the range would really be. Sure. And it is confusing on the Pixel because it's like, yeah, the, the messaging. But that's really small. That is a very, very small sensor. Yeah. And then people would say, oh, is it the camera? It's not. But I love that it's automatic uh, because the one thing using an iPhone with Face ID is exactly that. that in order to begin the unlocking process, you got to touch the screen. you got to mm. you got to initiate it more. And this is what I demoed in that room, too, is it just you pick it up and it just logs you in, which is a little creepy, it's but fast. cool. And it's fast and it just starts whether, you know, whether you touch it or not. All I'm hearing when okay. you guys are talking is I cannot point my phone at a car and tell how fast it's going. So that's <laughs> maybe uh, down the line, the new LiDAR sensor, yeah. the Pixel 15. Brian, what else do we got? All right. We got a short amount of time and a lot of really, really good questions. Uh, do you think this new recorder app is going to be a godsend for you as journalists? Yes. Yes. Although, we, I mean, there's already Otter, which is a pretty decent app now it's that good. does transcription, live transcription. You can share it. Google is so good at understanding people and what that they is true. Say. They've put that is true. so much work into we'll, we'll it. We'll see how it works. We haven't had a chance to use it, right? Or is it not is in it real a, life? Yeah. No. So, yeah. No. I, yeah, I'll be excited. I hope it comes to iOS as well. I don't know if it will, but. Well, I hope. I mean,. I mean it, the offline stuff is great. That's the thing that excites me, just in case of like you have any connectivity issues. I mean, I use both issues. phones, but I also have an iPhone, so I'd love to have that capability there too. But Otter is pretty decent. Well, the funny thing is, I saw this like on Twitter yesterday, and somebody was saying, reminding me that like uh, dictation on the iPhone can work in airplane mode if you're doing it mm. in a Notes app. And I was like, and I was like, what? And I turned it off, and I was like, oh yeah, it does work, but it's not being used. You know, nobody had tapped into that for doing something like yep. transcribing in voice recording, yep. and so like that's. That's a lot more useful. I'm sure there's reasons for for all use cases, but I I, I just want yeah, I want to use that right now, <laughs> please. Hey Roger, will you go back to 4G if 5G coverage is spotty? I mean, I will have to because there's no real option. But yeah. yes, well, it, it it's not like I don't think it's uh, the, the it fails down. Yeah, it's uh, it's a, a misconception. It's not like 
once you go to 5G, you've committed to 5G. To Jessica's point, you you fall back to 4G when there isn't any. So it's not like I have a choice because 5G isn't practically anywhere. It's in a few places, but not many places. So It's at an intersection. Yeah. Ricky wants to know uh, if the Pixel 4 is coming to India or not. Ooh, I don't know. I'm assuming it is. Uh, I think that the Pixel 4 is probably going to sell most places where the Pixel 3 and 3a sell. Yeah, okay. Question, what is the big deal about 60 gigahertz uh, millimeter wave? It's not approved in India. It's not approved for commercial use in India, whereas everyone in the world is approved. Tell us a little bit more about 60 gigahertz. Wow. All right. I'm assuming they're talking about spectrum. For yep. a second there, I thought you were talking about the uh, the megahertz refresh rate. But Right. And, um, and then for a second, I also thought we were talking about the radar frequency yeah, no, on so, the pixel. There's so many frequencies See, now. we told you the audience is smarter than we are. That's I true. Mean, that's, always, that's, that's, that's always the case. We assume that. Uh, in terms of 60 gigahertz. At least gigahertz, smarter than Scott. Just kidding, Scott. Wow. Again, uh, yeah, I assume <laughs> that. I assume uh, that. Well, I, I 60 gigahertz, that. like all super high millimeter wave spectrum, has the inherent properties of it being super fast. It's a big pipe, really, really short distance, but again, huge pipe. Um, I'm not sure about why or whether or not it's being uh, approved for the India government, but um, I'm not entirely sure if it's like, approved for use here in the U.S. yet uh, or like who's freeing up that spectrum. But just in terms of its properties, like you'd want it, the carriers would want it because it gives you a really fat pipe for those kind of like Wi-Fi type hotspot or Wi-Fi hotspot type experiences. Um, so th- there's an inherent advantage of using that. I think Verizon, I think they're using 28 right now, as I recall. And there's a couple of other ones. I don't know if 60, anything that high up is being well, used. So um, I went and spent a day with Qualcomm and um, they definitely have a phasing out plan for the way that spectrum is going to open up and mm-hmm. the way that it's going to work. So right now they really do have that cap right about where you said. Yeah. Um, there's just not the possibility. There's not the spectrum. And I don't even know, frankly, if the networks can handle it at this point. Um, right now, no. Right. But, so yeah. so they are definitely, everybody in the industry, everybody who's involved with 5G is exploring what happens at even higher frequencies. Yep. Brian wants to know if he misheard or is Google relaxing their policies on works with Nest as in not locking out third party? Oh, um, unfortunately, I don't know if there's anyone here. I'm not a Nest expert, uh, unfortunately. Our Nest expert was here yesterday. I know. Molly, so unfortunately. You've stumped me, and I needed to pay more attention to it. But we can get back to you on Twitter. Yeah. Got it. Uh, We got just a few minutes left, so let's try to tackle three to four more questions. It won't happen. Uh, do you see the Pixelbook Go being a solid competitor for the iPad, uh, especially since Chromebooks are far more popular in schools these days? Yeah, good question. I mean, I think not at that price. I mean, that's the problem is that like uh, using it, I was like, oh, this feels great. It feels like a laptop. But, you know, the, between the backtracking on what Chrome had inspired to and the fact that so many other devices that are Chromebooks already go there, uh, Chrome has already been there. So it's not the Pixelbook Go. It's it's that other Chromebooks can mm-hmm. make that impact. Schools have really non-existent budgets. So if you're talking about like my, you know, elementary school, forget it. Um, they're lucky to get anything cobbled together. Um, but universities, I don't know. Um, the iPad, I think what impresses me, and I just put the review of the 10.2 up, is that at least they are making, they kind of need to make their own because there are no OEMs. But 
they are they are still at least trying to get through to some sort of three hundred four hundred dollar range, mm. which while expensive, um, Google isn't even making a product that slides in there with that. I think they are pretty apples to oranges, pun pun not intended, but like, you know, um, you're on fire today, Scott. Yeah. Oh God, <laughs> just just making them making them happen. So that's my answer there. But I I do love that the Chromebook is thinking about mobile and how like I had this thought the other day about like. You know, it's beyond regular PCs, and that people you assume that people come from phones and are now getting a laptop, and it integrates a lot better, I think, than say a Mac or Windows PC does. Assuming you have a phone ecosystem, if that makes any sense. Are you it's, talking about always on? Always on, and the fact that like the way it integrates with like your Android phone or just your Google Play or the or just your, your cloud services. I think it's assuming that like you're doing a lot of stuff on your phone, and then also here's a laptop. I still feel like Apple is still trying to knit that together. Where it's like you have a Mac over here, and then you have iOS mm, over here, yeah. and then Windows is is different. But you know, I, I don't still know if feel like sense. Apple does a much better job with handoff than Samsung, That's Google, a good point. and Microsoft. That's a good. They're point. They're all trying, but nobody's solved this yet. They do. But you get, do yeah. see. Yeah. I, I mean, speaking of always on, you do see that um, you know Qualcomm's chips that power phones yeah. are also in some you know hybrids. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I feel like that's definitely an area where yeah computing could be going. It's weird because we yeah, want it, to fix this. We want it to happen. Yeah, for all that stuff out there, the Pixelbook Go is not representing any of that, and so like that's what's weird. It's using Intel chips, and it's like uh, you know it's still kind of built like a PC, and and it it didn't they didn't take this opportunity to push any new ideas. It so it yeah, feels like the, a it the feels the like name, a pause. With the name Pixelbook Go, I kind of. Just hearing the name initially, I just assumed that it would have some sort of a mobile chip to it, that there would be some sort of component. Yeah, that's the other thing. There's no, yeah, there's no cellular component. A lot of right. people online were talking about like, well, that's already a deal breaker for them. Right. Um, Which is funny because I had Dan Ackerman like on. Keys I've had Dan like Ackerman that. on to talk about laptops right. with those kinds of like Qualcomm power chips. Yeah. And he says generally the market really hasn't responded to it at all. Like these are these are sort of, uh, you know, they're kind of out there, but the interest level has been really low. Yeah. So. So, and that's the answer. We'll have a review of the Pixelbook Go uh, when the time comes, but it, don't expect anything really surprising there at all. I mean, it is is about like it's a very nice Chromebook. Yeah, you're talking about talking about things like how it types and battery life. Not un, not unimportant things, but like that's not pushing the future, right? And not necessarily justifying double the price of a standard Chromebook. No, yeah. unless you really, really, really wanted a Pixelbook. Uh, and was like, that's a little too expensive. I wanted to save a couple hundred dollars. Okay. Which, you know, there there is that. The yeah. Pixelbook is very nice. Okay. Oh, a trade-in oh, program for, for devices. That would be very smart. That would be. Um, yeah. Yeah, that would be a really great idea. I feel like right now people either give them away to other people mm. or maybe try to sell them for not very much. Yeah, yeah or use them in be, other rooms. Yeah, that things. would solve the kind of switching issue that we were talking about yesterday that, you know, once you've, once you have like an Echo, you're kind of committed to like the Amazon ecosystem. But like, if no, Google not. had a trade in, pro- I mean, if you've got, <laughs> no, yes, you're not. If you've got, not if you buy a couple fifty dollar. That's not know, true. If you minis. have, if I have four Echoes. I'm not switching over to Google Home. Right. I don't. But if you have right, one, right. you would. No, but that's the thing. If it starts yeah. with one, and then you're like, oh, maybe we'll get another one for this other room, right. and then all of a sudden you're committed. But if Google came in and said, we'll like, we'll give you twenty bucks for that, or you want to upgrade, I'm just thinking about like dot with clock, for example, right? right. You want to upgrade. It's like. Okay, there could be some sort of deal where you, um, you know, bring in four and get one for free. Right. There you yeah. go. Yeah. Yeah. 
Okay, uh, before we wrap things up today, do we feel like Google might be drifting towards becoming more of a hardware company and like a 70 to 30 split? No, sorry. I, I no. mean, I think that that's already... No, I, I wouldn't say that it's more so than it was yeah. last year or right. two years ago. Keep in mind, all this hardware stuff, they don't make that much money off of any of this. They make still a vast majority of their money selling ads and on search. The search, search business yeah. is still their core business. It drives everything else. And yeah. so their and, priorities are all about you know, data, getting data. And these devices are a means to get that data. And mm-hmm. ecosystem as yeah. well. You using the services that you use and then being locked into yep. Google online services. But I would have to say that what Google has been pushing in addition to all these other things, is Google Assistant. It wants to own that. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. it's been putting a lot of effort behind that. And it is connecting Google Assistant to everything. And I don't just mean hardware. I mean connecting um, you know, to the database, mm-hmm. for example. Um, the database that finds you things, the database that listens really well and right. can and can supply those answers. So I think like search and Google Assistant go hand in hand, but then it's digging deeper into your life and your calendar and your right. this and your that and finding all that information. That's where the privacy concerns come from. But this is what Google wants to own. And I think Google is doing a very good job owning it. I yep. think we all agree with you, Jess. All right. On our way out the door, if you could choose... Would you have chosen a Pixel 4 with the same exact features and price of the iPhone Pro without Soli or the current Pixel with its features and price? So a little bit cheaper, but no motion sense. Bingo. Mm. Okay. Um, I don't think motion sense is a really big deal. That's not a game changer on the device. Yeah. I think you would choose the Pixel 4 if you like the things that that phone brings and Android. I think... The question that I would want to know if I were going to be buying them, because I'm fairly platform agnostic, I see things that I like and don't like about um, either of them. You know, Google Assistant uh, is a really big one for me. The fact that these phones get the security updates really Mm -hmm. quickly and they're the first to get anything new. Um, I've got to say search is a really big deal. Search and Google Assistant I want to see the camera test side by side. That is what I'm excited yeah. about. I think yeah, that cameras, phone cameras are so good. Does it really matter? No, you're still going to get really good photos, but I'm just curious on an academic level, which one is technically superior. Mm. And that's obviously something we'll find out after testing. Yes. Yeah, I, kind of, I still feel like the Pixel 3 stands strong as an alternative here. The, because sorry, the 3 or the 4? The three. Oh, okay. As an alternative um, in terms of like, well, if do, you, do you look at that model instead? And, and, you know, like there are advances here. But again, what you're, I wouldn't want to give up solely because it sounds like from what I've seen that it's kind of part of the handshake for the new camera um, login system for the, mm. for, the, for the facial identification. It begins the handshake. And so. But you could have it without it. You're you still going to get the face unlock. You could, but then you might have two phones that kind of do the process a little bit differently. Instead of just picking it up and it's, you're in, you'd pick it up and sort of begin this like tap to go in. Same as. Same as the iPhone. I know. But then I don't like the idea that like two phones that would exist simultaneously would have slightly different uh, handshake processes for something as important as a login. I feel like it's going to keep Scott up at night. I know. Well, no, because I feel like they didn't. uh, I feel like it's next to the camera for a reason. I feel like Google saw that as part of that system. Mm. And it is it is, you know, at this moment kind of maybe a little more integrated. And it might be, I don't know what I'd feel like if it was pulled out. I don't know. Okay, so the camera is on the left. I thought that the Soli chip was on the right. Yeah, yeah, but they're all right next to each other. Like, it's it's one system. It's on the other side of the speaker. Yeah, but on the top. It's on the top. That's what I mean. But it's one, just like just like with... 
it's like the iPhone a you have horizontal row of, it's right part you of just have a whole system. bunch of components yes. yeah, yeah, it's, yeah it's one of the components yeah i mean it's not yeah but i think that it's hard to tell at this point right this event like how much if you remove that what the face facial identification system would really feel like without that handshake I mean, directly it would be slower, right? It would be like the iPhone, but we don't know yeah. how much slower it would be. Yeah, we right. don't know. I don't know. And we right. never will. It's just I'd rather have it. I'd rather yeah. have it. Okay, great. Well, we'll probably get that with the 4A, right? That's I'm assuming when the 4A comes a few <laughs> right. months later, there won't be any kind of radar chip there, right? That, that's, that's a good point. I would assume. The bells and whistles, that's right. right. Yeah. So we'll find out in like April or May. Opposite the Pixel Buds. Yeah. There you go. Great show, everybody. So many questions we couldn't quite get to today. We'll try to tackle some more. Uh, Feel free to hit us up on Twitter. We'll see you again tomorrow. Roger, take us home. All right. Make sure you subscribe and ring the bell to join us weekday mornings at 11 a.m. Eastern right here on YouTube, as well as Periscope and CNET.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the audio podcast. That's multiple podcasts. So you take us on the go. For The Daily Charge, I'm Roger Chang. This is Scott Stein, Jessica Dolcourt. Thanks for joining us.